Fantastic. I still need people to play with the technology for me to make it uh, make it work. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name's David, and I'm one of the leaders uh, in the Vine Church here. Uh, it's good to see some old faces today. It's good to see some young faces as well, to be fair. But uh, yeah, people that have um, come back to us and, and for the first time, and new people that are here today, and we just want you to feel uh, welcome and, and part of us here today. We are a family uh, of believers together, and we love to have you here. Now, what am I going to do today? Well, last week we started a new five-week series entitled Kingdom Builders, Principles for a Great Life. Uh, and Tim encouraged us to seek a vision and a heart to reach those who don't yet know Jesus. Now, our heart in this church is to see the good news about Jesus transform people's lives and give them hope for an eternal future. We believe that God is well and active in this world right now. We believe that the Bible is as relevant today as it's ever been. And the power of God's Holy Spirit is roaming and present across our earth to save hopeless people like you and me. He has the will, he has the ability, and he has the solution this morning for our predicament, whatever that might be. Praise his name. Do you know 1 Corinthians, oh sorry, 2 Corinthians verses 4 and 6, it says this, it says, For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So it's all about him this morning. So against that background, our challenge as individuals is, and the church, how can this be outworked in us? And we always think about us. But firstly, it's never about us. This is about God's kingdom and his platform. Nevertheless, those of us who made a decision to follow Jesus have a responsibility on the earth to represent him well as we have become partners in building his kingdom. We have become kingdom builders. Now this week we are going to be looking at another trait of kingdom builders and that is to leave a positive and lasting legacy. Now do you have a heart? Do you have a heart this morning to pass on something, to leave a legacy? It's something which is inside us, isn't it? You know, kingdom builders build something not just for themselves and, and for their generation, but for generations to come. There's that heart that comes about saying, how can we leave something to the next generation? What can we do? Psalm 145 and verse 4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another. 1 Peter 2, 5 says this, it says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as, as a spiritual home and house. So, you know, whilst this morning we might feel insignificant, we all take our place and have an influence upon events. We are all stones in a much bigger spiritual house. 
and we all have our part to play here this morning. Now, can you remember this? Anybody remember this? Remember Back to the Future? I thought some of you, because it was 1985, Back to the Future, I thought I might want to come up a, a little bit up to date as well. We've got um, About Time. Anybody seen the film About Time? Yeah, good film, good film. Any and the Time Traveller's Wife? Anybody seen that? What's the matter with you people? Don't you ever? Of course, you're right. You're right in the streets preaching all the time, aren't you? You don't get time to watch films. I get that. That's all right. I understand. I understand. Well, you know, I love Back to the Future. And I love films, sci-fi films, which are about time travel. I don't know why, I just do it. It's very interesting to me. It's one of those things where you can just get lost in it, can you? Because it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's a bit of fun. But think about this for a minute. If you go back over your life and imagine that you'd never been born, history would be different for thousands, maybe millions of people all in different measures. Now, you think about your life. Think about all the things that you've done in your life, all the people you've had contacts with. Because not only are you affecting the people you would have had contact with, but your interactions with them would have affected other people as well. If you were not there to do your job, if I was not there to do my job for the last 30-odd years, 37 years or whatever, who would have done it? Somebody would have done it. Would they have done it the same way as me? Millions or hundreds of thousands of people would have been changed as a result of that. Because every decision we make affects something else. It's all connected. And this is where our vision as a church can change history because vision inspires action. And actions change circumstances. And there is very often that snowball effect, isn't there? where something very small can turn into something very big, particularly on social media. Uh, very often, seemingly insignificant actions make really big news. A Christian sociologist, some of you have heard of him, Tony Campolo, tells of a research project once conducted with people over the age of 90. I don't think we've got anybody over the age of 90 here this morning, but the interviewers asked these very elderly people as you look back on your life, what do you wish you had done differently? And these are the three answers which emerged from the sizable majority. They wished they had risked more. They wished they had spent more time in reflection. And they wished they had done more to leave a legacy. In other words, something to pass on to the next generation. And I think that's true of most of us as we journey through life. There is a desire to do something worthwhile. We want to be involved in something of significance and to make a difference. Nobody got up this morning and says, I want to do a rubbish job today. Did you? Nobody wanted to get up this morning and just have a rubbish day. Everybody wants to be part of something significant. Stephen Covey, who's written loads of management and self-help books, says in his book, First Things First, the purpose of a human life can be summed up in four essential points, all of them beginning with the letter L. To live, to love, to learn, and to leave a legacy. What, we think, what, what do you think about when you think about legacy? Well, I guess... The first thing we think about is 
We often associate legacy, don't we, with leaving goods or money in a will. Many people's lives have been massively changed as a result of receiving an inheritance. I, I worked with a chap who's got very wealthy relatives. Uh, he regularly go to Warminster uh, on the weekend to go and cut his auntie's grass, which was on this large estate that she had. Now, when his auntie died about five years ago, she left him £2 million and £200,000 a year annual income. That's quite nice, isn't it? And when you put on top of that, he'd already inherited several, several million pounds from his grandfather and another income for life. Very useful, you might think. And I asked him one day, I said, John, why on earth do you work here? Why do you work? Why do you come in every day and do this job? Because sometimes the job was hard work. And he said, well, you know, when my grandfather died, he put a condition in his will that in order to inherit, he had to have a permanent job. <laughs> so obviously his grandfather wanted to leave a legacy of principle. You know? That if you don't work, you don't get anything in return. So he was leaving something. He wasn't just leaving the money, which could have made John's life really easy. But he was leaving a principle. And he was saying, John, actually I'll leave you this. But you know, you're going to be a much better person if you can communicate with people and work on a day-to-day -day basis. Other people have left legacies in terms of buildings and bridges and paintings and art and music and, and great inventions, books, whole organisations have been uh, set up and then left. They're statues, aren't they, to commemorate uh, you know, famous people who have made their mark on history. Our parents have left us a physical, uh, a physical le le legacy, haven't they? In terms of our genes, our makeup, our mannerisms, sometimes our weirdness, our height, our build, our eye colour, our ability to keep hair, our sporting pro prowess, or our creative ability. All of those things have been left to us as a legacy from our parents or from our grandparents. There may be legacies that we've got no control over. However, we do have control over the legacy we leave to the next generation in terms of the example we show and the things that we do and say. John Maxwell, again, a, a, a business person, talks about what makes a great leader. A great leader said it's one who knows the way, who goes the way, and he shows the way. Very simple. He knows the way, he goes the way, and he shows the way. And we ourselves, aren't we, are, are, are we not products of great leaders, great parents, friends who have encouraged us, shown us the way? walked the journey with us. We've all got those people, haven't we? And never underestimate this morning the power that your small acts have to influence others. You know, as a child, I remember the light going on in the bathroom next to my bedroom at 5 a.m. every morning. It was my father getting ready and leaving for work. It taught me that being disciplined and working was important. I remember going to my grandparents' home early Wednesday 
uh, sorry, every Wednesday at breakfast time. I can see even now the toast and the marmalade on the table and the tea and the coffee and also the Bible open on the table whilst they had their quiet time. It taught me that reading the Bible was important. I remember visiting my other grandfather when he was very sick and he was a guy who was, he was rough and ready and he always refused to go to the doctor because he believed that God would heal him. From that I learned that prayer was important and that God healed the sick. I learned all these things before I was five years old. And you know, Norman, when you were talking this morning about going away, you have got a great <coughs> legacy. There's no, there's no um, you know, coincidence that you came and said that this morning. You have got a great legacy to hand on to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And that is your purpose right now. God has purposed you with that, I believe. To go and do that in his name. Join yourself to a church, but join yourself to those kids and make an impact and leave a legacy in their lives because it's really, really important. That goes for every grandparent here today and every parent. There are things I wish I'd done, which I would do as a grandparent. There are things which um, grandparents taught me that parents never taught me because they sometimes had the time to spend. It, it made me realise the importance of our ministry to children. And I said to Sharon this week, how many children do I really know in our church? I used to love kids, but I haven't been with kids for years. How many of them do I really know? And how much impact have I had in their life? And I began to think about that. I could go on and on about the simple everyday examples that I observed as a child and that have built in me lasting spiritual values. The Sunday school teachers, the youth leaders, the pastors, the mentors, stoic men and women who believed in God. And I'm so blessed to have had those people in my life. But let me tell you this, they weren't special. They weren't special people. They weren't gifted or famous, but they were special to me and in my journey because they didn't just talk the talk but they walked the walk and you'll all have people in your lives just like that but here's the thing in the same way we can live our lives for Jesus so that we influence everyone we come into contact with that way we will leave a spiritual legacy for the next generation Listen to some of these verses from the scripture. Psalm 78 says this. I know it's up on the screen before if my version is slightly different. Don't worry about that. We will not hide from them, uh, from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says this, you shall love 
the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Psalm 103 says, But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. There are loads of scriptures which talk about the importance of passing on a legacy. But I just want to take this for a second. The greatest legacy that you and I can pass on today is to share God's changing power with others. To believe that God can and does change others and also to take a risk Firstly, in order to do that changing, that, that, that sharing God's heart with people, before we can do that, we need to ask God to change us first. Our attitude and heart needs to change, and our ability to be able to give up our time needs to change. I want to give you an illustration. A second. Very simple. You've all seen this before. Think about the candle for a minute. This is a parable of life. It lights others, and in the process of lighting others, it consumes itself. Think about that for a minute. In lighting others, it consumes itself. And that candle will burn out and will, at some stage, not be able to give light anymore. But it's consumed itself in doing it. God wants people that are consumed in giving the light to others. Because giving light to others is so important. Leaving a legacy is so important. You know, the other thing I think we need to do is we need to be more practiced at sharing our testimony. In Peter, 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it says this, But in your hearts, honour Christ the Lord as holy, and be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. You know, this week, on Thursday, we had an elders meeting, we had it in Turnit Moor. And once we were having this elders meeting, we'd left the door, it wasn't open, but it was unlocked. And uh, whilst we were having the elders meeting, a couple of girls went by and they decided they were going to come in. And they put their head round the door and said, what's going on here? 
And uh, the first thing you want to do is say, well, look, push off, because, uh, you know, we're having a meeting, thanks so much. But we didn't, we didn't ask you to come, we didn't, uh, we didn't invite you in. They invited themselves in, and they said, well, we said we're having a meeting. They said, well, what's the meeting about? <laughs> next, next role is, you know, the old thing is, we said, cheeky, what do you mean, what's the meeting again? Push off, you're not welcome. We didn't ask you to come in. We're having a meeting, thanks very much. But none of us did that, of course, because we were in an elders meeting. <laughs> but we were all thinking it, even though we didn't express it, all right? I haven't talked to the guys about this since then. <laughs> but the best thing was, that young girl, 14 years old, she couldn't be any more than 14 years old, she said, do you believe in God? And straight away we were on the, yeah, we, well, we believe in God. We, you know, this is exciting, this is part of who we are. Well, I don't believe in God. And, and it, was, it was great, but we were in an elders meeting, we were part way through a point. And this was not the most convenient time to be asked whether we believed in God or not. It was not the most convenient time. And also it caught us by surprise. And that is why we need to be polished in being ready to be able to answer immediately. When somebody asks us the question, we need to know what that story is and we need to have it straight away. How many times will you get an opportunity like that where people will ask you the question because it will always take you off guard. It will always be in the supermarket when you're packing your shopping. It will always be in work when you're doing something really important and you need time to concentrate. It will always be a time which is inconvenient. But that is the time when you need to speak and when God has given you that divine opportunity. So we need to become polished at giving our testimony and knowing the word of God and giving it well. We need to believe that God can and does change others. Why do we know that? I know that because he's changed me. If he's changed me, then he can change you. If he's changed you, he can change other people. Nobody is beyond God's boundaries. Nobody is tough enough or strong enough or ugly enough. Nobody is beyond God's boundaries. Nobody can stand before you who is not worthy of the love and grace that Jesus brings, whoever they are. Sometimes the most difficult people, the people that you would never think come to Christ, come to Christ. If he's done it for you, he can do it for others. This is the work and responsibility of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. We're encouraged to live by the Spirit. That means taking a risk with people. What about taking a risk, just for a minute? Just, just um, humour me a minute. Our cat, you had a good story about our cat last time, didn't you, about him falling out the window. I've got to say, Am I a great lover of cats? No, not particularly, but they do give me a few stories from time to time, okay? Our cat will sit outside our back door for hours waiting for us to open the door and let her in. The sad fact is that she has a chip which activates the cat flap to open automatically. When it was first fitted, the noise of the cat flap opening frightened her and ever since she's never attempted it again. <laughs> she has the freedom to come and go into our house whenever she wants. Does she do it? No. 
She waits for us to open the door because she's afraid. The reason we don't leave a legacy, the reason we don't stick our neck out and say things to people is because we're afraid. We're afraid of the reaction we're going to get. We're afraid. But God, you know, is calling us. God is calling us. If we're not seeing people come to Christ, then we must change the way we do things. Because if we do the same things over and over again, we get the same results, don't we? God is calling us to invest our lives in others, to leave a legacy that we can bring with us, a legacy of souls, a legacy of people. Billy Graham says this, or said this, Billy Graham's gone now. What a great legacy he left, didn't he? Thousands of souls that will, will have been changed because of what he did, because he faithfully went out and preached the gospel. Do you know how he started preaching the gospel? He used to go out to the uh, marshlands and he used to preach to the marshlands until he became polished at it. Nobody was there, just him. That's how Billy Graham started. Billy Graham said this, our days are numbered. They are, aren't they? One of the primary goals in our lives should be to prepare for that day. The legacy we leave is not just in our possessions, but it's in the quality of our lives. What preparation should we be making now, he said. The greatest waste in all of our earth, which cannot be recycled or reclaimed, is our waste of the time that God has given us each day. We've got to redeem the time. Am I living a life so that others can see Jesus in me? When I die, which is inevitable, we will all die, I want to be able to say, like Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 in verse 7, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. That's what I want to be saying as my legacy. And I want to pass that on to others. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. God bless you this morning. I hope you just got something a little bit out of that this morning. I just think it's important that uh, we've got time to prayer and if, if people, if, if there's specific people that need prayer this morning, if something's touched that in your heart about legacy, about leaving something, about your responsibility uh, to, to talk to others, to not be afraid to talk to others, if any of that, then if you want to be prayed for, then we can do that this morning. I'm going to pass over to Tim now. But uh, it's really important that we, you know, we, we say, God, what is it you're saying to us? What is it you're saying to me this morning? What is it? What is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to change? Every day we need to be walking close to Jesus. Every day we need to be available and our time well spent for him.